Hi, this is Scott Ware with the Wherewithal Podcast, and today's topic is what keeps a relationship hot. I'm the editor and publisher of Radiance Magazine, Integrative Wellness at its best, and today I have with me two awesome people who are in a relationship, the same one, and it's uh, Tina Garamani Singh and Makunda Singh. Both happen to be intuitive healers, and we'll hear more about that, but I wanted them here because I think they just have an, a great relationship. And they'll be the first to admit it's not perfect. And that's actually part of that vulnerability they express in that and that transparency was why I wanted to talk to them about what, what keeps relationship cooking, what keeps it hot. And let's start with you, Makunda. Say hi. Hi. Hi, this hey. is Makunda. I, um, yeah, for us, we've been married for uh, almost 10 years now. Okay. And uh, it's been... Uh, uh, a long and, and bumpy road, you know, there's a lot of things that have happened in our lives and through it all, we've really been there for each other through the hard spots and the, the nice and gentle and breezy spots too. How does one be there for each other during the bumpy parts? That's a great, it's a great question. You know, um, I think for us, it's, it's when one of us is struggling, usually the other one is there to hold space for, for the other person. And sometimes we transition, transition at the same time, and that's very challenging. But the main thing is we communicate about that, that we're open about what's happening in our lives, and that we're open, open about what's happening inside, not just in the outside world, too. So when we're, we're struggling inside, we share that with each other, and then we can really listen to each other. And maybe we can say, this is how much I can give right now, so much I can give right now. And then we find that medium, medium place to meet in the middle. Well, you said hold space, and I want you to explain a little <clears throat> bit what that is, but, but let's talk for a moment about say a little bit about what you do and what space you operate in uh, for your profession. And then talk about what, what is this holding space? I'm an acupuncturist and I'm a Reiki master. So we do um, mostly women's, women's health and fertility in our clinic. Hmm. And also I think a part of our work is also helping transform lives. It's transformative work, but it's, it's kind of a gentle process that happens naturally over time. As people come in for, for their, maybe their care for their physical bodies or their hormonal health or something like that, their inner, inner, inner world will change a little bit too. And they'll suddenly be a little more cheerful or suddenly have a great new idea about what career they want to go into or something like that will happen organically over time. Okay. Holding space. Holding space. Um, for, for me, that, that means that when I know my, my partner is struggling with something that I, I know that I, I see the end for her that she doesn't see. I see for her the end where she has, has reached beyond her current struggle and is in a place of, of healing and strength again. And uh, sometimes it's just holding that vision of that person that they can't see for themselves. But isn't holding space also where you don't see the, you don't see the end. You just know that this person needs to hear you uh, or be heard in the way they need to be heard with no added agenda from you. Definitely. I think most of our healing comes from, from almost hearing ourselves speak, you know, mm -hmm. when we hear the truth come out of our own mouth and we can have someone just listen to that and bounce off of that, that's where a lot of our healing happens. So my job is not just to give advice to people about their health and well-being, but also just to listen to them mm -hmm. and give them a space to speak and be themselves. And when that happens there, they start shifting. Excellent. Tina, mm -hmm. say hi. And wh what about holding space? What is it to you? Hello. Um, I would say... Holding space for me uh, means really, truly 
being unselfish, more like a unconditional love. Mm. Um, so if somebody's struggling, like I, if I feel like my husband's struggling, I can really just honor where he's at. Mm -hmm. So that's really important for holding space. Maybe he's not willing to, you know, push through um, an energy or an emotion he's having. And he just wants to be there for a little bit. Mm. And that's okay. So I can witness him, which means I can observe him and be non-judgmental about it. That sounds hard. Yeah, it, it is hard when you're in a relationship, absolutely. To not judge. To not judge, for sure. But I think us, me and Makunda, because we're healers and we've done a lot of our own work, mm. our own personal work and personal development has been a big part of who we are mm. individually and together. I think we've had more practice at that. And I also think many couples eventually when they are ready to do that kind of work on themselves to have a non-judgmental space of mm. holding space it becomes a little bit easier but you really have to check your own self mm. that's the big part okay yeah yeah because i mean judgment a lot of us were raised with it mm -hmm. and we don't even know when we're doing it throughout the day we probably judge 50 100 people Mm -hmm. You know, somebody's driving, somebody's walking the street. So when you're holding space for someone, you see your your mate is struggling in some way. It's just a, a wonderful thing if you can just be there for them without any. So you mentioned unconditional love mm -hmm. without any conditions on the love, because frankly, we probably do put a few conditions on the love throughout the day. Hey? Yes, we do. <laughs> you want a cop to any? <laughs> Like with my children, I've had, or, you know, like yeah. I've had a whole day with them and I'm done and I'm like, here you go, you know, like, you know, conditions like that yeah. or like, you know, I did this, so now you need to do that. And I totally am guilty of this. Yeah. Like, I'm not even going to sit here and pretend, but I think at the end of the day, um, you know, when you truly, truly love somebody mm. and, you know, you, you kind of put yourself aside for a moment that's divine love. Mm. That's what we call higher vibrational love. You mentioned, Tina mentioned, Makunda, that you guys have a, well, a practice or things, you, work that you're doing on yourself for self-development. Does that always fall in, under the realm of spirituality or self-development? Not necessarily that. And if so, how important is it to the marriage? I think everyone has their own inner spiritual work and inner psychological world. I think, you know, everyone has a certain degree they're going to tap into that or not. I think for ourselves, you know, I've, I've been, I started a men's group recently. Mm -hmm. And um, part of that work is more maybe in the psychological realm. We're looking at the background, your upbringing, what you've been given as a child, what you've been given, which we all have been given something by our parents, good and bad things. Mm -hmm. And working through that now as an adult, those sort of the, the quote, bad things that we're given or the challenges that we're given from our parents. Working through that is is where I, I'm working right now. But also when I, when I do that, I come back to the relationship refreshed and better and more patient. And when there's triggers that come up in the relationship, then... I, I can kind of look at what happened in my past and how that's affecting my current situation, as opposed to blaming other people around me in the moment saying it's their fault for my feelings or what's happening. 
you mentioned you're in a, you've started a men's group. How important is it to have outside activities that you're not doing with your wife to then, does that help in any way nurture the relationship? I think it's really important to be in a community that we're in part of community and community can be having friendships. It can be knowing other for us, we're in the healing community, other healers that we get, we trade with. So we get care and we give care mm. back and forth and having people you can call when you're having problems with, uh, with self-esteem, problems with anger and frustration, someone you can, you can connect with. And sometimes if my, if my partner is not available, it's good to have a close friend that I can then call and, and connect with. And, and maybe when I call and connect with them, they're facing a similar struggle. And so it's also kind of these synchronous moments where me and my partner are going through a similar struggle at the same time with, with our parents or something like that. Or maybe there's another uh, synchronous moment with a friend when I call them, they're also having a synchronous struggle. So oftentimes now I feel like when I'm connecting with people, the things I'm talking about are very relevant to them, even though I didn't know that before I called them. Hmm. Tina, is it important to have separate activities that you do away from the home, away from the mate um, on your own? And does that nurture the relationship? Oh, for me, that's a really big one. Um, I was just telling Makunda today how much I need my own space sometimes. And it's not to, um, you know, point fingers and make anyone else feel bad about. Um, when I find time outside of my relationship with Makunda and my children, mm-hmm. I feel so much more connected and I get back to my center. And what do, what do I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Coming back to my center means I return to what makes me Tina. I can go in nature. I calm myself down. I'm just with myself. And it's like, it's like a release. It's like, it's an openness. Mm. It's, I don't have anybody needing something from me five seconds, 10 seconds, you know, (laughs) I'm hungry every hour for my child or whatever. And it creates for me, it's a rejuvenation. Um, I also, I'm a energy healer. So I'll get a lot of information come through me all the time. Mm. And so I need the time away from everybody to process. And and it's it's extremely important. I mean, it gets to the point where if I don't, I become grumpy. Yeah. And so then I literally have to remove myself and say, I'm going to go for a walk right now. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I know you are a, um, a personal life coach. You're a, a spiritual person and um, you, well, you, you can share a couple things that you do, the other things you do. Um, but so, but that doesn't make you perfect. Doesn't mean you don't occasionally trip uh, up in your, in your daily uh, spiritual practice or, or in the, in the marriage. And in fact, I know I've seen you do Facebook lives where you're sharing some of that sort of thing in the struggle. Mm-hmm. So just because you're healers doesn't mean you don't have challenges, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, we go into what we call the shadow. The shadow are the parts of yourself that don't feel good. Mm-hmm. The parts of ourselves that we are ashamed of or we're afraid of. And absolutely, we as healers are not perfect. Mm-hmm. But part of why we're here is to really look at our own stuff and own it and take responsibility. And that takes a lot of courage. Yes. To be able to do. So why I do those Facebook lives when I'm in the thick of it, I do it because I feel like it not only helps me heal because that's my way of moving through things is I express with writing and talking. 
um, and dance also. But I think that it creates permission for others to do the same. Mm. So it's, I think that's why it's important for healers to, to admit that we're not perfect. Sure. And what, uh, what else do you do? Um, aside from being an acupuncturist, um, I'm a spiritual life coach for women, healers, and mothers. So I take them through a lot of their, you know, heavy parts, like their blocks, you know, why as mothers, can they not create beauty and joy in their life mm. because they've lost themselves in motherhood. That's just one example. Sure. You know, Makunda Tina mentioned a few minutes ago um, about one of the benefits or purposes of a relationship is to help us work through our stuff. Care to share any to that? I think when we first start having relationships when we're younger, it's we're really first learning about our inner world in a new way. And sometimes those things that have been given to us by our parents first come out in those first relationships really strongly. And, you know, you have bad breakups and weird things happen and jealousies and all these things that come up in those initial relationships. And then hopefully as you go along, you learn from that and you mature, right? And then now as, as you, we find ourselves in a mature relationship, with, with two, two loving adults who really care about each other and want to see each other through their lives together. You know, it's, it is about the inner work that we do together, you know, and it's, and, and when you make a commitment to be with someone for a long time, it means you're going to be working on yourself for a long time. You know, maybe one day they, they don't want to make any more shifts right now and you're struggling with something and then you have to find the space within you and the courage within you to move through that. And what's, what are my blocks to that? Right. And so that, it, it's a it's a personal commitment also being part of relationship. Yes. Well, and you've both mentioned blocks. It, it And I know these are things that a lot of people aren't sensitive to. They just aren't aware of these things. And a lot of people aren't even aware that things are happening in their body, that they could be paying attention to, that emotions get trapped there and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that work into your work in your relationship as far as making it work? And what are you doing? Are, are you having conversations and you're saying, because you mentioned it's a mature relationship. Are there never any immature moments? <laughs> Go ahead, Makanda. No, of course not. I mean, no, we, no. We, we, we struggle, we, we fight, we bicker, just like everyone else does. Mm. But I think part of it, and I think maybe part of what, you're, what we're trying to talk about during this interview is, is part of doing inner work, meditation, or spiritual work creates awareness, mm. right? And when we can have awareness of something, then we can change it. So sometimes mm. we live in these patterns with our partner or we, you know, show up in a certain way and we have the same fight every day or at this, this point something happens and we have a struggle here. And when you can have awareness about that and go, okay, every time this happens, then we have a struggle mm-hmm. with it as a, as a, as a partnership. Do I, do I want to do that again? No. Okay. So now I know that's happening. I see a pattern. Now what can I do differently? Right. Because a lot of people just have the same fights month after month after year after year with no outside awareness of it that this is happening, that this is a dynamic they could affect, that they're just playing through patterns probably they picked up in childhood. Okay. You want to share about that too? Any? Oh, big time. Yeah. I mean, just recently I'm working on a lot of mother wounds. Mm. So, you know, just issues with my mom. We all have it. We all have that one family member or brother, sister. Say hi, mom. Hi, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, and, and it's, it's definitely showed up in my relationship with my children. So, you know, a lot of the things that I struggle with, with parenting, mindful parenting with my children, I wasn't given those tools Mm. with, from my mother, 
it was old school. You know, she's from Iran. She was raised in a very different time. Mm. And that's not her fault. Mm -hmm. But I really have to step it up as a healer because I want to do it differently. Mm -hmm. And then those same mother wounds totally showed up in my relationship with Makunda. With the way perhaps I initially, when we got together, was, you know, possibly treating him, um, mm. reacting to him. And I, you know, I really caught myself there for, uh, you know, maybe a couple years in. I was like, wow, like this is not going to work. This needs to change. So, yeah. So, inside yourself, inside myself. And I realized the only way it's going to change in my relationship with him or definitely with my kids is I have to work on myself. So now as I've been working on myself with my mother wounds mm -hmm. and healing that um, through seeing a spiritual counselor and different healing modalities, expression, goddess circles, this, that, and the other, um, a lot of things are getting better for me. Mm. So like my parenting's getting better. My children are reflecting that I'm doing better. <laughs> you know, <laughs> mom, you're not yelling as much. Or mom, <laughs> you know, I'm having more fun with you, you know? And these are good things. These are good things, you know? And also my husband and I are having a lot more fun together. Like we were working so hard. You know, we have a practice together. Right. It's different when you not only see your husband at home, but then you work with him, you know? Is that why you started uh, Circles? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's why we started circles, but I, um, I'm glad we both started circles. And I think what sometimes happens with me and Tina is that one of us starts shifting and the other one naturally starts shifting now. So as we're both doing mm -hmm. the, the spiritual work, the inner work, when we're very connected energetically. So when, let's say she went to a women's retreat last year for four days and had these amazing shifts. And then I was talking with her about things that was changing inside of me just because we're, we're in relationship. Mm -hmm. And so she was wanting to do more women's work. And then I said, well, I want to do some men's work too, you know, and that came up through that. So she was making all these positive changes. And I said, I want to be part of that too. And how can I create that for myself in the community? So you inspire each other. We inspire each other. We nudge each other. We push each other. Mm -hmm. We push our buttons. You know, we do, we do it all. Push your buttons. So well, let's talk about triggers. And aren't tr triggers are, we know what they are. I mean, they, they trigger us. They, we, we get hot about it. We um, get uh, activated in some ways that are un uncomfortable a lot of times. Uh, but aren't they also another reason to stop and say, oh, there's something here. Let me follow this down the rabbit hole to release it and heal it. Absolutely. Yeah, the triggers mm -hmm. to me are almost the best way to kind of peel the layers of the onions. It's like you get something that triggers you and then one layer of whatever that is shows up. Yeah. But peeling an onion makes you cry. Yes, it does. It's painful. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's painful. So it's not going to be feeling great when you're triggered. You're going to be, I get angry. Mm. Um, I react. Um, my old childhood self might show up, what we call the inner child mm -hmm. archetype. And at the end of the day, like you said, when you follow it down the rabbit hole, there's a breakthrough that happens. Mm -hmm. And it's not just with yourself, which is the most important, I think, but my relationship hits another level. Mm -hmm. It accelerates in a more um, 
positive way. Sure. Because I've hit through that wall. I've broken through that part of myself. And I can actually offer more to my partner. Because you let go of something. Absolutely. Yeah. Triggers are catalysts for letting go. So the triggers, they cause anger, they cause frustration. If we can just include in our practice a way to to remind ourselves, oh, wait, I don't have to just run with this, with the emotion of this. I can pull back and just watch it uh, as an observer and, and watch it go down instead of just being inflamed with the anger, for instance. I think triggers are, are like signposts, you know, and when you can communicate with your partner and I'm not, I don't do this all the time, but I try my mm-hmm. best to do this as much as I can is when I can tell my wife that I am triggered now mm. so that she is aware that I'm, I'm in a triggered state. Okay. So it kind of gives her the idea like, oh, he's in it right now. I don't, I can't push him any further unless we're, we're going to have an argument or something else is going to happen. You know, we'll be disagreeable. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe she'll go, Oh, you're triggered. Okay. So let me, what do you need? Where are you at? What's going on? We can then have a discussion and move from there. Time to hold space, Tina, right? Yeah. Yeah. Big time. There's been many times when Lacuna and I were in a very deep conversation and I like to be a little pushy. So, <laughs> <laughs> Pushing buttons. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Now, are you doing that to push him or is it scratching an itch within you because you're unsettled or not um, aligned with something? Or? That's Yeah, it's more my ego. Oh. For sure. Mm. I'm super aware of it. Mm. And I'm, I work on it all, all day long, every day. And so, I yeah, he's taught me actually how to just back off and let the person like have space. I, you know, I have to understand, I grew up with the Persian culture Everybody was all up in your business the mm. entire time. Mm. There was no such thing as keeping anything to yourself. Right. Right? So my upbringing is polar opposite of Makunda's, who was raised by a very beautiful, loving, German, quiet, single mother. Mm. We couldn't have had more polar opposite upbringings. And so mine's the big fat Greek wedding, you know, and then his is like, you know, they don't talk. Mm. Right? And neither is good or bad, but um, I learned a lot from him in in being in relationship with him because I'm, you know, I'm pushy. And so I had to really like, you know, he helped check myself Mm -hmm. to like back off. And and that's important, you know, it's ego. Well, I think it's admirable that you own that. Oh, yeah. And you're very transparent and vulnerable about that. And that's healing itself, right? To kind of admit when we're kind of, you know, a jerk, a jerk sometimes. Totally. Any of us? Yeah. Absolutely. I think those are the, what we call the, the shadow parts. I know that I have a lot of fire, which helps transformation, Mm -hmm. which helps shift people. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you can't want people to shift. That's kind of almost like your selfishness. And that's what I learned. Well, you guys complement each other. So you're, you're talking about being polar opposites, right? but you have so much to learn from each other, which is why you attracted to each other and continue to work through and make everything work. Um, yeah. You, you agree with that? I do. I do. Um, I think for me, I grew up kind of almost like in a monastery. My, my mom was very spiritual, meditated a lot. So I, we could go into 
I could come home and say hi to my mom and not, not talk for three hours and just read a book sitting next to her. It just that was normal behavior, you know. Wow. So uh, definitely learned a lot about keeping space. But the other side of that is is really being almost in all being in denial sometimes too, or like not speaking about things that need to be spoken about. So for me, it was learning how to actually speak my emotions. You know, my my mother is a beautiful woman, but emotionally growing up, she was very closed off. Hmm. And there was, she was never mad. So she could look mad on her face, but she'd say, Oh, I'm not, I'm not mad, you know? And, and so, um, for me, when I first got together with Tina, I was really struggling because she kept saying like, what's wrong or what's going on with you? And I'm fine. And I was not fine. Hmm. And so she really helped me come out of my shell and express my feelings and what was happening and dialogue about what was happening. And so I learned how to do that. And so we need both space to have our, our be ourselves and process, but we also need to dialogue and get out and express. And so I think we both were able to give one side of the point there. Well, you mentioned expressing things, and and I know a lot of people in life uh, they don't they they tend to step over certain things and don't mention them. And really, mentioning them is a big deal and is very helpful uh, to kind of presence them, to bring them out. And one of the common ones everyone knows is we don't say I love you enough to people that we love in our lives. So that's one thing we step over a lot. We, we, we think to ourselves, oh, they know. Mm-hmm. Right. right? Um, can you think of any other things besides that that maybe goes unsaid that should really be just spoken about and expressed? Yeah, new, a really new big one is I see you. Oh, yeah. And I acknowledge you. Mm. And that's something uh, personal for me because as a child, I was, I didn't feel seen enough. Mm. So it's, it's really, really beautiful to just take time to just say, I see you. Like, I'm really acknowledging what you're doing here. Mm. Like my husband works six days a week. That's not easy, Mm. you know? And I'm sure I don't tell him enough. Like, I really appreciate what you're doing for me. And I see you. I acknowledge you. Those two words can change everybody because then you're like, you know, you're validated and you feel appreciated. Mm. So, so I would say those are the like big ones for me. That's beautiful. How about you, Mukunda? I think authentic truth is really important that we're authentic when we speak. Sometimes even in relationship or with people who are close, we don't share exactly what's happening or we, we, we curb back a little bit what we want to say mm. to create peace in the home or, and it's, and that's fine. I mean, we need to all get along, but sometimes, especially with a close partner, you need to have almost radical honesty where you're completely open with them about what's happening with you. So they can really be with you. You know, if you're not completely open, then you're, they're only being with part of you. When it's a staple of psychology to say, instead of you're doing this to me, is to say, I'm feeling this way right now. I'm feeling taken advantage of. I'm feeling, you know, taken for granted. I'm feeling this right now, as opposed to pointing a finger at them, which can be challenging and, and put them on the defensive. Is, is that along the lines of what you're talking about? Definitely. It's important to speak from a place of your own self and speak using I statements. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling upset. I'm feeling enjoy, whatever it is. I'm feeling this about the situation. And that's also very empowering, too. It's a place of, of taking back your power when you're saying I'm experiencing this and this is what I have going on. And you're taking responsibility for it and ownership and control of it so that you can actually change it. 
then when you're putting it on someone else and you're blaming, you're pointing fingers, you're, you're, put, you're taking the control out, out and putting it on someone else. So then now they're in charge of how you feel. And that, that's not the reality. You have something else to say about that? Mm. You good? Okay. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of relationships, a lot of people who are spiritual, they, what helps them is that they have something higher than them, something bigger than them that, that binds them or that, um, is just helpful to have in a relationship. What is that for you, if anything? I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, before I even started dating Makunda, that was such a big deal for me was to find somebody that had that spiritual common ground. Mm. And it was almost like a deal breaker mm. if I was dating a guy and he couldn't accept my spirituality. And, and define your spirituality. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I do believe in God. I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. I pretty much, I take a lot of different, you know, paths. For instance, like I was raised Muslim, but I don't follow Islam, mm-hmm. but I can take the good from Islam. And mm-hmm. then I love Hinduism. So I've taken beautiful mantras from Hinduism mm-hmm. and, and I, I do chant them in my groups mm-hmm. and then, you know, like, like a little bit of everything is kind of meshed into one, but the bottom line for me of spirituality is like love and a, a higher source, something beyond me, mm. like uh, something that I know is always there, even though it may not like be seen, but I can feel it, you know? And you have a connection to it, to yeah. your soul, your spirit. Yeah, I have a very, very deep connection to it. I, I've had that connection probably, I can remember as far back as four years old to that connection. And it's something that really almost defines me. Like that's how strongly my connection is to it. Mm. So when I've had really difficult times in my life, which have been many Mm. in only the 37 years that I've been alive, um, that was very important for me was to connect to that spiritual uh, creator self, higher self. Some people call it the higher self. Mm -hmm. Some people call it God. To me, it's all the same. And we all have it. Mm And I think that if you can tap into that when you are having times of, you know, deep challenge and also, you know, issues in the relationship, you tap into your higher self and it shows you exactly what's really going on. Excellent. Good. Spirituality, I think, is the, the cornerstone of our relationship. And when I, right before I started dating Tina, I was looking for a partner that had a spiritual life and I was meeting a lot of nice people, but the deeper part of myself that I was sharing with them was just sort of anomalous. And, and I didn't want to be a mystery to someone. I wanted to share my life with someone who really mm-hmm. understood my inner world and mm-hmm. where when I come home and I'm explaining how something happened and how I understand it, it makes sense to them as opposed to really. And even if you were with someone who just appreciated how deeply spiritual you are, but couldn't understand it that's still, there's still a barrier there, you know? And so I started doing a lot of spiritual things and uh, invited her out to a moonlight ritual by this river at night with my moms. And, and, you know, it was just an amazing connection. Then we first got, we're getting together. And um, that was like a real moment where I could really just was authentically myself and, and, and we connected and I, I, it, it all made sense to me. So just out of curiosity, what are your spiritual practices? 
I grew up with Hinduism. I grew up with the teachings of self-realization fellowship, which is kind of kind of like American Hinduism, if you want to put a word to it. Yogananda is the guru that came from India, and he came over in the 1920s and 30s and started temples here in the U.S. and he incorporated Christianity with the Krishna tradition in Hinduism and brought Jesus and Krishna together, essentially. They're both on the altar if you mm-hmm. ever go inside one of their temples. So he really brought both those kind of worlds together in his own way. And Hindu and, and meditation is the background of that. So you're all, everyone's meditating uh, and doing the inner work through meditation and breathing and visualizing inside, connecting to, to source. And you do Qigong as well. I teach Qigong as well. And Qigong is, is, is basically uh, means Qi work or, or breath work. So we, we move our physical bodies. It's similar to standing postures with moving the arms usually and sometimes the legs as well, kind of like Tai Chi and yoga are similar in that way. But it's the old tradition where the breath work is the main focus. Breath work and you're moving energy. Right. Right. Basically, every time I, I, I teach the class, I encourage people to let their breath guide the movement as opposed to the other way around. Mm. And so the breath guides how far and how, how wide you move your body. And the breath is the connection and then the, the, the movement of the body's extension of that. Tina, what's your spiritual practices? Um, I, I would also say definitely meditation uh, for sure. Recently, a lot more physical body integration with yoga. So like I, this, this last year, um, I really, uh, felt like part of my spirituality was yoga. Actually, mm-hmm. I used to be big meditator and I still meditate, but I would say right now what, what my body and my soul need is I love yoga because it helps the mind, body and the spirit connect in one. As I'm moving the breath, I'm going into postures and I'm completely synced into my true center, right? Another spiritual practice of mine is nature. So for me, nature has become really, for me, my cornerstone of spirituality. Um, I sit on the grass a couple times a week, and I literally just lay in the sun. It's very simple, guys. But mm-hmm. when you sit in the sun, mm. like our ancestors did thousands of years ago, we actually receive not only energy and warmth from the sun, but you are getting an integration of new energy and DNA coming into your body. Interesting. And I know people can find out more about that sort of thing when they get coaching from you. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's a whole other, that's a great whole other topic. Yeah. There's just more coming through and happening yeah. with energy. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so we started out talking about what keeps a relationship hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's funny because so many of these things don't sound hot, but it 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 they're foundational like bricks to build mm-hmm. a great relationship so that everything else can can take place. Um how do you not take each other for granted? We make t- we need to make time for our relationship, you know, and that's how we do it. You need to, which sounds like you're not. Well, <laughs> I hear, I hear, I hear what I'm saying and I hear what you're saying. Um, but no, we, we need to make it a priority and we do make it a priority. And so I do work a lot. I work six days a week and we have two kids. So the only way to keep it hot is to make it a priority. And we've done it. We've done it both ways. We've done it both ways where we worked a lot and we didn't make time for relationship and we Mm -hmm. all suffered me and my wife and the kids. Mm -hmm. And then we did it the other way, like we're doing it now. And that's where we, we make time to spend quiet time together just the two of us and we connect, go on dates and we have to put it on the, we put it on the calendar. We, yeah. 
Yeah, so... I, I just want to point out, Tina was looking lovingly at Makunda just now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important, you know? Um, also, working with your husband, it, it you know, work can become too consuming. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to go back to, like, why did, why did you even want to be hot together. You know what I mean? Like what brought you two together? Especially after the kids. Oh my God. Especially after the kids. You forget. You forget. And as a woman, I can speak for the mothers out there. You're tired. You don't have the energy that you did in your quote maiden self. And what I mean by your maiden self is like the woman you were before children mm. where you, you know, you're excited, you're adventurous, you're joyous, you love thrills. Like, you know, like it's exciting. Mm. The, the the relationship is hot and romantic. So like those are things that I think it's really important to still weave into the marriage. And it's going to obviously be in a different form than mm. maybe when you were your hot maiden self or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but just because you're a mother – you know, and a lot of women hearing this podcast will be like, oh, yeah, I know what she's talking about. Does not mean you're not sexy. You have to create that sexy in who you are today. Sure. What about also just doing something totally different where you're both new to where you don't know what's going to happen? Like, I don't know, going roller skating or something. Yeah, I think that's that's a great idea. We should do that. Go roller skating. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. What, what, else, what else would you suggest uh, to couples who are like, okay, you know, we're, we've got kids or we don't have kids, but we kind of doing the same thing. And, and yeah, we, we, we could add a little bit more spark. What would you suggest? I think traveling to a place you haven't been before, going on a retreat, going somewhere. I think just new activities, finding those are important. I also wanted to say that when we do the, the inner work that we've been doing and we have, we are having new and deeper conversations at home too. Once we've, we're getting through these layers, these deep layers of ourselves, and there's a, there's a beauty and a joy and, and a hotness and a sexiness and connect, connecting with someone at a deeper level that you already know, but now being able to, to be with them in a more deeper and authentic way. That's, that brings it also to that place. Okay. So I think we've covered a lot, and, but I do want to ask you, I have one last question that just occurred to me. Um, if you, if, if let's say Tina, you went on a, on a retreat by yourself, say a yoga retreat or something for a weekend or whatever, and someone had asked you to describe your relationship with Makunda and he wasn't around, how would you talk about him? Pretend he's not here. Oh, I love that question. Um, I would say my relationship with Makunda is a very spiritual relationship with, you know, God and our spirituality in the forefront, but also it's, it's a real kind relationship. It's a very kind relationship. Like he's extremely kind, generous, patient man. And the kind of patience where, you know, you could only dream of because he holds such compassionate space and generous space um, for an individual like me, because I'm a very complex, multidimensional person. Are you high maintenance, Tina? I'm very high maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I'm different. And then, and I'm and awesome. so and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm unique. Good. And I'll go off on tangents and I'll I'll be starting to feel something. And yeah, I mean, you know, and I'm a healer and I'm a light worker. And yeah, and like so like a couple other adjectives I would ex- describe about my husband is like he's very funny. Mm-hmm. He actually has a real funny side to him and mm-hmm. he likes to keep things light. Mm-hmm. So I, I tend to be more the heavy one and let's let's look at this stuff or whatever, whatever. But you know, he he's like, you know, he's my tree. He holds he holds my energy when I just want to fly high and, you know, kind of run with something. And he's like, well, you know, maybe we should just like, why don't we just like chill for a little bit, you know? Mm. Like that's that's how I would describe our relationship. It's very loving, playful, and free. And back when you were dating and you decided you wanted to commit, what, why, why did you want to get with him? Uh, first of all, he was very handsome. Um, and I loved his spiritual side. Uh, to me, that was sexy. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds weird, guys, but um, I was looking for that sexy spiritual partner. For sure. Without the whole like guru complex, excuse me, because a lot of people are like looking to get with a guru. Uh-uh. Mm. Like I was not looking for that. I was looking for somebody real, attainable, mm. and, you know, that was willing to do the spiritual work for themselves and giving me the freedom to, you know, develop who I am mm. and not control me. Right. Because mm-hmm. that can get tricky in certain relationships. You know, we don't own each other. That's another thing. Like he's not my property. I'm not his property. Excellent. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's really important. Mm-hmm. So so you know, those were one of the main things. And then I think another thing that really made me want to be with him and stay with him is, I mean, at the time, uh, I don't think he saw it in him, but I really saw a healer that you know really really loves to help people. Mm. To me, that was another major like very sexy thing. Mm -hmm. Um, the fact that he really genuinely from his heart loves to offer healing to people. Mm -hmm. And it's just because out of the goodness of who he is, it's like who he is. And I have that inside of me as well. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, I was an intern when he, no, excuse me. I was an assistant when he was an intern and that man, did I, was I excited about that? Because, because, you know, you you know, it's exciting. It's exciting, but it wasn't like, oh, I want to be with the upperclassmen. No, it was because I saw how he healed patients and they, they got better. Mm. And I was like, wow, like that's potential. Also in a father and in a lover mm. and a husband. Mm-hmm. So I know it's kind of weird for me to put in that context, mm. but but that's how I saw it. You know, for, for the people who are still listening, that's not weird at all. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if they've come with us this far, right. it's all good. That's true. Makunda, same question. So if you were on a retreat and you were talking about your, your marriage and she wasn't around, what would you say? Close your ears, Tina. Okay. <laughs> My wife uh, is, a, is a fiery, passionate woman and always has been, but her passion is, is for truth and healing and kindness, you mm-hmm. know? And um, when we first met, we were, she was meditating two hours a day and a deeply, deeply spiritual place. And I, I had never meditated, meditated two hours a day, so I knew she could go farther than me in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and um, had that 
that inner yearning to really work on herself. And yeah, she's was just a, a beacon of kindness and light. And she's, we've always been there for each other through the hard, the hard times. And she's always pushed me, you know, I, I maybe I'm, I'm holding space for her more in a way, but she's always pushed me to grow more as well. And so she has the fire and I have the water and that all works, mm. works together. And when you met and you decided you might want to commit, what did you see that you wanted to possess without possessing? <laughs> I saw someone that really knew me in my heart and that would see me through hard times. And early on, we had really hard times in our relationship with, with our families. When mm. we first decided to have a child together, it was not um, necessarily approved of and by, by certain people in our family, I'll say. So we, we, we had, we were, we had to, we created that bond in the beginning where we saw ourselves through and we had no idea how we were going to do it, but we knew we were going to do it together. And mm. that was just one of the first challenges we, we, we went through. And then we started our business and, and that was a challenge and, and finishing school and all these things that kept coming up. We just held each other through that space. And, uh, and sometimes one or the other of us was the more confident one or stronger one saying, no, you're going to get through this. And then we took turns and it was just going back and forth. She called you sexy about five different ways. Would you <laughs> at least once? <laughs> I definitely say at least once. My okay. wife is, is definitely sexy. <laughs> it was sexy as sexy will always be sexy to me for sure. For sure. That's awesome. Your, your answer from the heart was amazing. I mean, it was great. And um, okay. So in closing, see, uh, you own, um, the business is called healing light family acupuncture in Fountain Valley, and you see patients six days a week. Uh, Tina, you work there sometimes and you do coaching. Talk a little bit about what you do and how people could reach you if they want to get coaching for, uh, or healing from either of you. Sure. Um, you know, you can call our business phone number. Um, the number is 949-304-9748. Um, you can, you know, Google Healing Light Family Acupuncture. We're, we're super happy to talk to you guys. You know, if, if you're looking for number one healers, if you're looking for a place to help really upshift, um, we help a lot of healers as well, not just fertility and women's health, but we do esoteric acupuncture. It's a very different kind of spiritual acupuncture that we offer. And we really have a passion in helping, you know, healers with Reiki, energy medicine, and acupuncture. Mm. And then my spiritual coaching is just something that I've just created um, because I really feel like, you know, it's also nice to sometimes not have to leave the comfort of your home. And, you know, if you have a baby or if you're a woman that wants to do things from the home, it's, it's a great way to also be able to create that bridge. Do you go there or do you do it remotely? No, I do it all remotely. Okay. So every woman or healer can do it from their own home on Zoom, conference calls, FaceTime, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's easy. Sure. And, you know, when I, I take you through the processes of a lot of the things that we talked about today, like the shadow, inner work, you know, owning your, your stuff, mm -hmm. um, how to make a relationship sexy and hot again. You know, I mean, all of that. I mean, mm. this, this is all of what I coach. Mm. So, you know, um, yeah, you got, you know, you can reach us anytime, but, um, you know, Makuna can speak for himself cause he has a, a whole Reiki following, um, and I just started what we call the women's goddess circles. So we gather with women and in sisterhood mm -hmm. and we talk about things that we deal with as women and we share. And then we do yoga, meditation and some ritual. It's really beautiful. So it's, it's, you know, it's a community 
event and it brings women in a very loving space rather than a competitive space, which tends to be the norm with the society. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And Makunda? You can connect with us at our website at uh, healinglightfamilyacupuncture.com. You can learn about acupuncture, Reiki, esoteric acupuncture, which is something we've introduced, introduced in the last couple of years. It's a spiritual form of acupuncture mm-hmm. for those. Uh, and, and it's really great for healers um, as well as people that are meditators and people who are doing visual, visualizations and inner work to really evolve to the next level. And that could be transforming what's happening in their life. That could be connecting in a deeper way spiritually. We do that as well with, with acupuncture and, and energy work together. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you guys coming down to have this conversation. What, what do you hope uh, couples could get from this, this whole conversation? I hope that, uh, that by listening to this, you're encouraged to really start working on yourself and your relationship so that you can bring the best version of yourself to that relationship. First of all, I'd like to thank you, Scott, for having us. It's an honor. Um, And I I would just like to hope that, you know, and whoever's listening that, you know, you can always make a relationship better just because it's where it's at. doesn't mean that it's going to be like that forever. And yeah, start doing the inner work and you'll be amazed at how your partner will also possibly shift with you or maybe not. But the most important thing is to have the inner work happen because you're worth it. You're worth it. And when you feel like you're worth it and you love yourself, your partner will also reciprocate that. It's just what happens. Hmm. So, you know, really love yourself, really love yourself. And, and, you know, and then the sexy and this and the, that, and all the bells and whistles come on afterwards. Hmm. But like you said earlier, Scott, the foundation of the house has to be built first in a relationship. And that starts with you. Excellent note to end on. Thanks guys. Thank you all for listening to the wherewithal podcast. Uh, Check out radiancemagazine.org and keep spreading the love.